And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, okie dokie artichokies. There was no, get ready, don't get ready, I'm not the, I'm not the historian. There was no eye of the needle entrance in Jerusalem. Sorry. There was no eye of, need, the, eye of the needle entrance even heard of until the 900s. That's a thousand years after Jesus said it. I used to like Bill O'Reilly, but his Bible understanding is highly flawed. The, the story breaks down like this. Jesus said it's difficult for a wealthy person to enter the kingdom of God. Why? Because there's self-reliance. This threw the disciples for a loop because they, like most of us today, think God favors the wealthy. Rongo bongo. Salvation is impossible without the direct action of God. Oh, and by the way, according to James chapter 2, verse 5, he favors the poor. So I guess that, that was just all wrong. Next, here's a fantastic thought. It's better to be disciplined by God than to be ignored by God. As brutal as this may sound, open rebuke is better than secret love, and God only disciplines those he loves. To be disciplined by God is a message that he loves us. When he jumps into our lives with what we think is a mushy mess, he tells us he loves us enough to get involved with the stuff of life. That is much better than God not paying attention to us. And finally, in keeping with the goofy, worldly interpretation of the camel and the eye of the needle, let's throw another truth into the mix. The world of science is always... No, wait. It's never settled. But unlike God's truth, science changes with the creation of tacos and burritos. Trusting the science is like agreeing with medical doctors that smoking is good for you. Well, that's what they said in the 1800s. Or better yet, the overall accusation that Bible believers believe the earth was flat. The faithful church of God never believed that, but the governments who played religion did. God told everyone that the world was round. Go figure. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Yeah. Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, David at he must increase.org. That's David at he must increase.org. You can text us during the show, 214 210 8483. That's 214 210 8483. Or you can call us live during the show, 
We don't think you'll get an electric shock, but yeah, you never know. 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, you'll end up talking to amazing Jen, and I want you to know what that's like. That's like having your favorite new box of cereal in front of you unopened, plus a gallon of fresh milk unopened, a bowl, a spoon, and nobody to disturb you. Wow. And then you will feel amazing. There you go. Don't tell me that's not great. That's just great stuff. Uh, In the meantime, uh, we do want to let you know that if you've got a praise report or a prayer request, that you can reach out to us and we'll be glad to participate, give you a chance to share it. Uh, We had a lot of that going on on Friday. We had a lot of sharing of that take place. And then also, if you want to have a a prayer request, bring it on. We'll pray together, ask the Lord to help. One thing I do want to ask people to be aware of is our schedule changing. Because of that, I'm asking people to pray for uh, Noel and I to have traveling mercies because we are going up to Tennessee. Going to Tennessee? I hope it's Tennessee. We're going to Tennessee. And then the other thing I need is some personal direction uh, on an issue or two. You've got to pick a pocket or two. You've got to pick a pocket or two. Okay, so that's from Oliver. Okay, I have an issue or two, and uh, I need to uh, get some wisdom on that so I can use some prayer. Okay? Okay. Okay? All right. Uh, In the meantime, let's do trivia. Here you go. You guys should get this one. This is not too hard. Who had a wrestling match with God? There you go. Thought something big was coming? No. Who had a wrestling match with God? If you think you know the answer, a wrestling match. That's right. Wrestling, wrestling. Uh, if you think you know, uh, 972-445-0770, that would be the number to call. 214-210-8403, so 214-210-8483, the number to text. Or David at he must increase. Dot org. That, my friends, would be the email to utilize to reach out to us. Okay? Okay. Okay. Is this Tuesday? I'm having way too much fun for a Tuesday. I'm not sure what's going on. All right. Okay. So on yesterday, though, uh, we, we didn't have our show. We did a replay. So I had kind of a nice day yesterday. So it's kind of like, you know, relaxing, kind of chilling. I was like, I like that. That's going to end when I have two kids who are six and under hanging out at our house for a couple weeks. Uh, You might hear more strain in my voice. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Noelle's like, okie dokie. She said, hang out with the dogs. (laughs) She'll be in charge. I'll just leave it there. All right, uh, let's go into this uh, text. I really like this text, and it's really important to understand. I'm not trying to be... Uh, the typical uh, meanie that I am on these kind of things. I'm trying to be a little bit nicer, but uh, that only lasts so long. Luke chapter 18, verse 24 through 27. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for it's easier for the camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, who can be saved then? But Jesus said, what's impossible with men is possible with God. 
So let's just back it up so that we understand where the story is coming from. There was a rich young man. It is actually my theological contention that he inherited his money. He wasn't just a commerce guy. And the reason that I say that is because in two of the three encounters that he had with Jesus, since he's already, I believe, wealthy by inheritance, he asked Jesus how he could inherit eternal life. So inheritance on the guy's mind. That's my approach. Uh, It's not flawless, but it's not terrible. I mean, there's some interesting thought processes in that. So Jesus told him, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to just keep the commandments. Everything will be great. The guy's like, I did. I did. I am. I'm doing everything great. And so he had really done well, he thought, in the bottom six commandments. Okay. The commandments that Jesus referenced to him were the bottom six. Remember, there's three, one, and six in the Ten Commandments. The first three are towards God, the one is for yourself, and the bottom six are for other people. Jesus mentioned uh, some of the ones from the six. He's like, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, great. Then Jesus took him to the three. and said, okay, well, if you're really that uh, sure of yourself, give up everything, let go of everything, Become one of my disciples, follow me, and let nothing else in your life prevail. And he was sad. He was like, no, because he didn't want to give it up. Now, I know this is on riches, but at least keep in mind, this could be anything in your life. It's like if it's that prevailing, you know, and you don't want to give it up in order to follow Jesus, that's bad. And if you don't know how to get over that, ask God to help you, and he will. That I guarantee you. So Jesus responds because he, he really tried to help the young guy, but the young guy was really pretty committed to his financial status. And so Jesus said how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. So people who have an, inordinate, uh, an excessive amount of wealth are very self-reliant. That part is okay. It's not the wealth in and of itself. It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. Money is a tool. Unless you love it, then it moves from being a tool to a master. If money's in your life, that's not the problem. If money rules your life, that's the problem. And Jesus, as nice as he can, is like, yeah. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get into heaven. So people are like, what? They're freaking out. What? Now, I want you to think about that. He often used exaggerations when he was teaching. But what some people did is in order to help people justify how this must come about, what they did was they said, well, in Jerusalem, there was a a tunnel or an entrance point that you can go and call the eye of the needle and a person had to get off of the camel and the camel had to squish on through baloney. There's no historical evidence. Zero. The first mention of an actual entrance for Jerusalem and a camel had to do in the 19, uh, 937 A.D really made popular in 1400. It's rubbishaw. What Jesus was saying is, look, this cannot be done. The reason the disciples said, well, who can be saved is because they assumed that the rich people were favored by God. That's why they were rich. And Jesus is like, no, 
No, that's not true. And we know in James chapter 2, verse 5, that the, the Lord has chosen the poor of this world rich in faith. So we already know that's not true no matter what. But what Jesus makes clear is you cannot be saved apart from God. It cannot be done. It's impossible. Can a camel go through the eye of a needle? No. Can man be saved apart from God? No. That's the point of the message. Not the other stuff. It's just like, well, let's add unto this. Let's not add unto this. Let's just say what Jesus said, leave it alone, and try not to make it more complex. In man's capacity, it's impossible. It is possible with God. No person qualifies. Salvation is only through Jesus Christ, and you don't have to like it. You don't have to love it, and you can sit there and think that needle means rope, but it doesn't. So let's just move it forward, okay? Uh, trivia? Do we got to answer the trivia? Did we do the trivia? Did I answer the trivia? Oh, did I? I can't remember. Oh, who had a wrestling match with God? Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God and wouldn't let go until he was blessed. There you go. Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? Uh, let me tell you what I, I, I'm, I'm, to, I'm torn between the two. I'm twixt between the torn two. You want to know why? I've got the biggest breaking story ever. No, to you be, need to do that first. Uh, yeah. I just can't wait. More than, more than my whole thing about the four-way stop sign? Yep. You want me to do the number one story? That's Ladies right. and gentlemen, you better get ready. Here's what, here's my advice. I don't give this advice very often, and I don't give it uncheckfully. What's uncheckfully? I don't know. Here's the biggest story you have ever heard on the David Spoon Experience. If you have children who are listening, uh, if you are not in a car, it's time to cover their errors or send them into another room. That's how chilling this is. Ladies and gentlemen, I have it off the press literally within the last two and a half hours. Uh, Actually, it's less than two and a half hours ago. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. I have it right in my hands. Get ready. Do not, do not get nauseous when you hear this. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a fact that as of today, the Navy, the United States Navy, officially has made its proclamation. Ready? Ready? Are you ready? Are you listening? This is the most important thing ever. You ready? That Captain Crunch is a fraud. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States Navy has declared that Captain Crunch... I do not buy it. No, listen to this. Here's why. Let me tell you why. Captain Crunch has three stripes on his cuffs, and that signifies a commander and not a captain. 
So uh, the United States Navy has made it absolutely known today, Captain Crunch, nay, he nay a captain, nay. Now it is true. Name the cereal, Commander Crunch. Yes, Commander Crunch. That's the new. That's why I told you. Don't let your kids hear this. It is possible that that uniform could represent either German or Portuguese Navy. They are not sure because all of those uniforms were lost with uh, their great navies. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, getting ready for your next trivia question, an opportunity for our brother Al to find redemption. Here we go. What was the name of the apostle who shipwrecked Three different times. What was the name of the apostle who was shipwrecked three different times? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. If uh, you want to text in, you can text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, David... At he must increase.org. You can say many things about us, but we are semi redemptive here. <laughs> we are semi redemptive. Okay. Uh, we do have somebody that is ready to answer the trivia question. So let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Captain Crunch. <laughs> How you doing, Captain Crunch? How are things going for you? Yeah, I'm doing very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is just too funny, brother. Too funny. Uh, how are things? So first, you got to answer the trivia question, and we got to make sure that you get this right because this is uh, this is the redemption time for Al. What was the name of the apostle who was shipwrecked three different times? Well, according to Captain Jesus, this is the guy who who wrote most of the New Testament, Mr. Paul. That is correct, sir! You are 100% right. That is correct, Amundo. And, and Captain Jesus, that's really actually a good line, because in the King James and Hebrews, it says he's the captain of our salvation. So that's, yeah. that's actually kind of a good line right there. How are things going <laughs> for you? I'm good. I mean... I'm just trusting God, and uh, I just heard that uh, our missionary friend made it to Asheville, North Carolina, just waiting for her ride. So we're going to pray for her, that God will bless her time and provide what she needs at this time. Awesome. Awesome, though. So she's there. So now it's just a matter of some other things taking place to help out, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. That is fantastic. Yeah, so, well, you know what? Let's so pray. Let's they, pray and say thank you because we always pray and we ask yes. the Lord for a bunch of stuff. Let's say thank you because that's an yes. appropriate thing. Let's do it together. Father, yes. we come before you right now. We thank you for our brother. He's a great brother in you. We thank you for all of our brothers and sisters. They're so important to us, Lord. Every one of these children, every one of these brothers and sisters, precious in your eyes. And we just want to say thank 
Thank you. Thank you for helping Samson's uh, friend, the missionary, to get to the location, to be there safe, and just provide everything that needs to be provided, covering everything on all the different angles, and just let it be a great trip and everything go well. And, Lord, we always ask you for stuff, but just at this moment we just want to say thank you for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. We appreciate that. We ask you to give a special blessing to our brother Samson. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen, brother. Great job. Yes. Thank you for sharing Yeah, especially that. just pray because she doesn't have a cell phone or credit card, so I'm trying to help her. So just uh, pr- keep the audience keeping their prayer that God, that let there will be always a communication between us, okay? You betcha, bro. You got All it. All right. Thank you, brother. All right. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Always good to uh, hear from our brother. Okay. So I can't decide. I'm going to let Jennifer help me decide. So I've got my teaching, <laughs> and I got a couple of jokes. So we can do the jokes now or in the fourth quarter. What are you thinking? Now or fourth quarter? You don't care. Yeah, I don't care. We'll do the jokes now. Okay. <laughs> Here you go. All right. Here you go. Now, anybody who gets offended at this stuff, stop that. Just stop it. Okay? All right. A woman reported the disappearance of her husband to the police. The officer looked at the guy's photograph, questioned her, and then asked her if she wanted to give her a mess that if, he, if he, she wanted to give her husband any message if they found him. Yes, please, she replied. Tell him his mother didn't come after all. (laughs) He went missing because his mother was supposed to. If you were Jewish, you would get that joke. (laughs) You would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Now, these are like little proverby jokies kind of thing. A subject for discussion in class was proverbs. Can anyone give me a proverb about parents, asked the teacher. How about the proverb? How about a proverb about fathers? Little Clarissa raised her hand. My mommy has a proverb about my daddy. She informed the class, there's no fool like an old fool. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I got beat. A uh, patient told his doctor, is there anything wrong with me, doctor? Just tell me in plain English. Well, replied the doctor hesitantly, to be perfectly frank, you're just lazy. Thanks, doctor, muttered the patient. Now, I would appreciate it if you would give me the scientific name so I can tell my family. No, that's not going to do it. <laughs> that's pretty scientific name for being lazy. All right, back to the lessons. Oh, laugh. What else you got? You're going to sit there and watch the news and think that's helping? All right, here we go. Uh, here's what this says. Better a lesson than ignored. Second Chronicles 6, 26 through 27. When the skies are shut and there's no rain because they've sinned against you and they pray towards this place and praise your name and they turn from their sins because you're afflicting them, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and your people Israel so that you may teach them the good way that they should walk. May you send rain on your land that you gave your people for an inheritance." So I don't want you to get weird on me. It's simple. They were getting no rain. Why? Because God was afflicting them. What What do you mean? God was afflicting them? Okay. In order to think that God wasn't afflicting them, you have to rip out like hundreds of pages in the Bible. 
So the question is, why? Why is God afflicting them? And the answer is right in the text. So he may teach them certain things. He might teach it to them. He might teach us. Remember Hebrews 12, 5 through 7, and you've forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or faint when you are reproved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he punishes every son he receives. Endure it as discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not discipline? The whole text and the whole premise is God does discipline his kids. Is this going to be eternally? Is it going to affect your salvation if you believe in Jesus? No. Stop that. No. Does God discipline you? Yes. Does a father discipline his son? Yes. Does he stop being his father because he does? No. But when God is disciplining you, there's one thing that that we don't see as an, an exhortation or an encouragement. Now, I understand we don't know all the nuances and until the Lord reveals it or until we understand it, it takes a while to get there. I get that. But if God didn't bother, it would be a much bigger problem. If God didn't take the time to discipline, it'd be a much bigger issue. If God didn't take the time to redirect and to chastise and to tell you this is a bad way to go, don't do this, this is a bad thing, don't touch this, don't go across the street without looking both ways, don't jump into this thing. If God didn't do that and didn't engage in your life, you would have much bigger problems because there'd be nobody looking out for you. And while those disciplines can hurt, and while we need them, they are expressions and declarations of God's love. This is one of the reasons why you'll hear me say, you know, people that are concerned, well, I don't want to make sure I never blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I, I'm telling only people that care. The people that care, those are the ones that are probably the safest because they care. They don't want to offend the Lord. And nobody nobody thinks that you want to, I mean, I would assume this, but nobody's really thinking that you want to offend the Lord. There's things that we do that are wrong. There's things that we do that are inappropriate. There's actions that we take. Even the greatest men and women of God have done dumb things. I mean, that's just, David was fantastic king, except for that whole Uriah the Hittite thing, right? Like, what a mess. People, we, we, we make mistakes. We do wrong things. But God has mercy. God has grace. And the reality is that him involved with us means that things that happen, he's engaged with us in, and he's not going to let us get away with everything, but he wants us to know he ain't doing it because he's bored. He's disciplining us and correcting us and redirecting us and chastising us to help us. We think it's because he's mad. It's because he loves you. That's a big difference, isn't it? All right. We'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. 
The David Spoon Experience. What is the David Spoon Experience? Get up! And the expression of faith and the results of that expression of faith and that, and, and Jairus responding to ignoring what they had to say, not being afraid, having just a little bit of faith, the results were astonishment that God's workings were so clearly manifest. But I will say this, and I, and I don't have any problem saying this, sometimes you got to just change the atmosphere. Oh, that's not that's not biblical. Jesus kicked them out because they were all naysayers. That's not a that's not a promotion of positive thinking and positive saying. It is a promotion of you're either going to have faith or if you're going to have fear, go over in the other room, get out. Because we need people to have faith. So he clears the air. They make he makes this bold proclamation. She gets up and watch this. This is something that I, I'm telling you. I'm getting this as I'm telling it to you how Jesus not just raises her from the dead, but then he's ministering to her afterwards. It's not over. The miracle's done. Jesus has gone off on the white horse and is never coming back. He's having her taken care of after she's raised from the dead. He keeps going because Jesus cares about how we're doing. It's not a one and done. That's the old. That's the old uh, uh, evangelist thing. You you blow into town. You blow in. You blow up. You blow out. <laughs> that's not how Jesus did it. He stuck around. He helped. And the parents and the disciples. Can you imagine the amazement? I think the disciples had a little bit more prep, right? Hanging out with Jesus a little, right? But could you imagine Jairus and his wife going, "Okay, what just happened?" Your life changed. That's what just happened. It'll never be the same. You'll never be able to deny deny that Jesus Christ completely rearranged your entire universe. There's some of you out there, you need him to do that. You need to change your atmosphere. You need to you need to ignore what other people are saying. You need to stand firm in your faith. You need to stop being afraid, stop being immobilized, and you need to clear the air and trust and believe God for an incredible miracle that will change life. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty and as with every Oh welcome back! To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. I got to give you this little thing that Joy Ann and Cordelia uh, gave us. I, I won't be able to say it the way that she wrote it, so I'm going to just do my best. But she was talking about the diagnosis for being lazy. Remember I did that joke? And she said, a good diagnosis may be indolentus layaboutus. <laughs> Is that right, girls? Indolentus uh, layaboutus. <laughs> I don't know, but that sounds pretty funny. <laughs> I like it. That's a good one. Here's your next trivia question, by the way. Ooh, this one's tougher. On what day of creation were the sun and the moon and the stars created? Ooh. On what day of creation were they created? Uh, if you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at org. We'll send you up 
to the website. Two things to remind you of. If you're looking for a website at the very bottom of the page, we can help you get one for only 57 bucks a month, no extra costs. And number two, from a ministry point of view, uh, we're going to send you a Ferrari if you give. <laughs> All right, no, we're not. We're going to send you a really nice ma- – no, we're not. We're going to send you a frog. No, we're not. We're not going to send you anything but a receipt at the end of the year. So remember this. Ready? When you go to the site – Money, 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 money. Great. Check out he must increase.org. Prayer request? He must increase.org. Praise report? He must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. Now that sounded like uh, a rubber band. That's. <laughs> See, having big ears does not help you hear things. I don't know if you guys have figured that out yet, but it's true. Our trivia question, people are having a hard time with this, and this is something you should know. Um, What day of creation were the sun, the moon, and the stars created? That's where we're going to leave it. 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then David at hemustincrease.org. And then don't forget to go to the website because giving is very helpful. Thank you. In the meantime, we'll do our history. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. Okay, today is National Punch Day, which is like a Hawaiian punch or something like that. So. Oh, not an actual punch. Punch yeah, to the face? Correct. Okay. <laughs> so if anybody is on the road and sees somebody punching people, they're misunderstanding what that day means. Okay? Uh, this, of course, is uh, – now, see, now we're getting into territory that I can't get away from. I've been working out super, super hard lately, and uh, but still, these are the things that draw me back. It's National Pepperoni Pizza Day. Ooh. I know. It's like – that's so, un- oh. so unfair. It's just unfair. And then uh, National String Cheese Day. Noelle's a big – she likes string cheese. I'm just it, not – It's uh, it's okay. It's all right. It's stringy. It is very stringy sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's the part I'm still working on. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. This is a day that a lot of people uh, uh, who are environmentally conscious don't like because on this day in 1893, the first gasoline-powered automobile was demonstrated. Mm. Okay. Uh, 1973, singer and songwriter Jim Croce was killed in the airplane. Yikes, that's terrible. Uh, 1973, also on this day, Battle of the Sexes, 29-year-old Billie Jean King beat 55-year-old Bobby Riggs. <laughs> Bobby Riggs was wearing Depends back then. Who are you kidding? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> she deserved to win. Anybody deserved to win. If there was a turtle out there, it would have deserved to win. I mean, then he tried to jump over the net at the end. See, there's a <laughs> that didn't go very well for him. And then the last thing, and boy, oh boy, this is this legend, and most of you will appreciate this. Remember, remember the phrase "jumping the shark." It happened on this day in 1977. The Fonz jumps the sh- a shark in this episode of Happy Days. The phrase jumping the shark became a metaphor when something has passed its peak and they're desperately trying to hang on and keep things going called jumping the shark. Hey. hey. That's my Fonz impression. That's pretty good, actually. Thank pretty, you. Pretty, very good. I've worked on it. 
No, not really. Since 77? Yes, yes. Since even before I was born. I was working on it. Uh, That's pretty funny. All right. Missed you. Hope you had a nice uh, vacation. Great to have you back. I did. Thank you. And you are just like flawlessly perfect. I mean, you just do this so good. It was fun to have Chris, but I mean, you're just a pro. So thank you. Uh, What else am I doing? I don't know. Oh, trivia question, then back to the teaching. I'll figure it out. Relax. Uh, trivia question. On what day of creation were the sun and the moon and the stars created? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. Uh, you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at he must increase org. Let's go into the teaching. And I've mentioned this before. I want to talk about this and go in great depth because I... I am in a family where, and I, and I, so I'll say it in a nice way. I am in I am in a fantastic in law family. You know how hard that is. I mean, that is hard. Okay, let's just be honest. Okay, uh, John, who lives down in Houston, that's Noel's older brother. She adores. He's great. Him and I get along so good. He's like one of the only people I can talk to. And, and we were talking, and we were like, "Remember room two twenty two? Just like so, it's like you remember the, like the weirdest things, right? And then uh, September is the is the sister. September's been a supporter of the show, and and Noelle's like best besties, best forever, and is just uh, she's just awesome. She's just such a such a support, such a great uh, person. David, the the other brother, is a JPL engineer. And actually wrote part of the code for the Land Rover that landed on Mars. So whenever you do a joke and you say something about a rocket scientist, he's actually a rocket scientist. <laughs> it's kind of like you got to be careful with those with those jokes. But forever we're having this discussion and we'll forever have this discussion about uh, uh, the people who – are Bible believers not being science-oriented. And uh, first of all, that's not true. In fact, some of the greatest scientists, including Isaac Newton, were very, very fond, believing that the Bible was extraordinarily written, way beyond the capacity of man. But I don't even want to talk about that. I just want to read this one passage and just lay it out so that people can catch it, okay? Isaiah chapter 40, this is verse 21, the last part of verse 21, and then the first part of 22. Remember when I told you whenever you're reading the Bible and somebody says Isaiah 21a, that's the first section of the verse, B, second, C, third, D. Normally there's not an E, but usually there's an A, B, or an A, B, and C. Here's uh, Isaiah 40, 21b, and 22a. Was it not told you from the beginning? Okay, now, How long ago? From the beginning. What does that mean? Okay. <laughs> you know the beginning? No. Have you not understood since the earth was founded? What, wait, how long ago? Okay. Since the earth was founded. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. So. For Bible-believing, born-again Christians, just in case you want to know, this is fifth, written 1,500 years before fi- science figured out that the earth wasn't flat. It's a, it's, it's a millennium and a half. <laughs> it's so long, right? So people in the world 
and friends of the world mock Christians as flat earthers. Okay, I understand the disc theory. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about that they think everybody thinks that the earth is a cube in spite of the the moon is a circle. (laughs) Everything's a circle in spite of all that. And the problem there is that they've just heard it, they believe it, and therefore it must be true. So uh, <clears throat> as I was growing up in the church, there was this guy that, that taught one time. He's a little bit of a goofball, goofy guy, but he said one thing that I never forgot, and I always thought it was fantastic. He said, uh, and he was making a sarcastic joke, but it's classic. He goes, well, I heard it on radio, so it must be true. <laughs> And that's part of the problem. People will say things and you think, well, that must be true. I heard it on the news. It must be true. Okay. Most of it is not true on all sides. Sorry. I mean, I know you guys think it's just one side. That's wrong. All sides. It's all about eyeballs. It's all about profit. It's all about making money. It's amazing that Jesus had no mass media, anything. He just did the works of the kingdom of God and word spread. Isn't that amazing? Anyhow, going back to this. So the idea that there is uh, a a group of Christians that believe that the world is uh, uh, flat is not a biblical presentation of what is being communicated in Scripture. So through the Holy Spirit, we understand God sits over the circle of the earth. Now, I understand. I understand the disc part of it and so on. But what I'm trying to talk about is— You see, for 2,000 years or longer, they've been dropping this, and it's wrong. It's just not true. But if you tell a lie long enough, people think it's the truth. Hey, here's a brilliant idea. I'm going to go out on a limb, way past me, okay? Read your Bible. God created the universe. The dude can write a book. Learn about it, know what it says, understand it, process it, and you will find out this one excellent truth. Science changes. The truth never changes. Sorry. That's the way it goes. All right. You're listening to Take Our Break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience. Oh, did we not do our trivia? I'll do it when I get back. Okay, uh, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Anyway, that's not even the story. Let me tell you the story. Because it's so big, I cut the first third yesterday. And uh, that's the front of the house. And the back two-thirds I'll do today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever that is. But it looks really good. All right? So that's cool. Anyhow, there's – so I'm cleaning it all up, and I've got the little electric weed eater and the little blower. (laughs) They're working. It works great. Everything's working great. And I have a stick. Now, this stick – was there when we moved into the house and it was a stick that went with a broken rake and I don't know why uh, my wife and I have kept it in the garage for like 17 months but I thought this is ridiculous I gotta get rid of this stick so I looked at the stick and I thought I could high karate this because it wouldn't fit in the trash can right a little too long. You put it in the trash can, even on an angle, the trash can's sitting up about four inches, and you know it was windy yesterday. 
So if I did that, to catch the wind, and you know, so I thought, nah, I, I can high karate this. I'm strong enough. And then I thought, this is the kind of thing where pride really gets in the way. I got to be careful. So I did what any other guy would do. I took my two trash cans. I put the stick in between the two trash cans. I took a saw and I cut the saw half. I used the saw and cut the stick halfway through. So now I'm going to high karate this bad boy and feel good about it. No, no pride here, right? How long do I got? Like a minute? Two minutes? Perfect. Two minutes. Watch this. So I cut it perfectly in half. I get my arm, my forearm, my elbow, and I go, hi-ya! And I high karate that bad boy. One part of the two-part sticks, okay, which is like kind of like a broom handle, hits the top of the trash can where it was sitting, kind of bounced on it, came up, and hit me right in the forehead. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I was really feeling pride right up until it hit me in the head. And then I realized, one, I couldn't have done it without the saw. And two, even with the saw, apparently I couldn't have done it. (laughs) Because the stick hit me back. I don't think that was very nice of it. And I will say it did end up in the trash and it went bye-bye. Welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, I'm going to talk about our trivia question before I offer the next one. And this will blow your mind because we were just talking, ironically, about the circle of the earth and Isaiah. Okay, we're talking about the, the circle of the earth, right? Everybody got that, right? All right. Now, the question, the trivia question was, on what day of creation were the sun, the moon, and the stars created? And the answer is the fourth day. Okay? Got it? Okay. Now, watch this. On the third day, you know what was created? Trees bearing fruit and fruit seeds and all that stuff. In the process of regular evolution, you cannot have foliage growth without the light of the sun. And the warmth of the sun. Just can't go get mad at me. I'm not. I, I always found that to be ironic. <laughs> it's like, wait. So the third day we've got trees abound, and then the fourth day we've got the sun. Huh. You know what that means? Uh, God doesn't care. That's what that means. <laughs> People are like, well, you should have done it this way. Okay, you you tell them when you when you die and you stand before God, you let them know what you think. What were the name of the two spies who spied the Canaan land and gave a favorable report? Which is a nice way of saying that there were people that gave a not favorable report. I ain't talking about them. I'm talking about the other guys. Uh, What were the name of the two spies who spied the Canaan land and gave a favorable report? Hmm. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. You've got to check out the website because we got traveling uh schedule, a traveling schedule that's on there. And so you need to be aware of what's going on. 
Uh, you need to be praying for the show and just for wisdom and direction and blah, 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 and all that stuff. You know, I can add nauseam to that. You, you guys can figure it out. As uh, I'll continue to pray for you, you continue to pray for me. Uh, but uh, I think things are going well. I love doing the show, so it's, there's nothing there. We're just, I just, we're trying to figure out whether we can expand it or not, or this or that. So you know what? I need God's help. Every time I think I know what I'm doing, it's just. Every time I think I know what I'm doing, it's like, eh. okay. All right. What were the names of the two spies who spied Canaan land and gave a favorable report? Uh, I will tell you right now that. Aunt Deb is the pow-pow. Nice job, Aunt Deb. That's very good. Uh, if you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also uh, text in 214-2108483, as well as send an email, david at he must increase.org. This is called The Comeback. Okay? Before I teach this, I want to make sure you understand something. We have talked at length that salvation is justification, sanctification, and glorification. It's regeneration, too, but if you're going to nail it down into the into the real spectrum of theology, justification, sanctification, and glorification. Justification has to do with the penalty of sin. Uh, sanctification has to do with the power of sin. Glorification has to do with the presence of sin. Justification has to do with your position. Sanctification has to do with your uh, practicality. And then glorification has to do with your hope and your future. Okay? So uh, as we go into this, you need to keep that in mind as we get into the teaching. Now, we do have somebody who's calling in to give an answer, and we're going to give them that opportunity to do so because that is what we do. And then we'll come back and put together how the different tenses of salvation are connected to this idea of a comeback. But in the meantime, let's uh, have that person send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? It's Spencer. Hi. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Are you You ready for this one? You feeling pretty good? Yes, sir. All right. Here we go. Here it is. What were the name of the two spies who spied Canaan land and gave a favorable report? Is it Joshua and Caleb? That is correct, sir! You are right. So they did not. In fact, the other 10, the, the scripture says that they slandered the land of the Lord. And the Lord was not too happy about that. Wow. Excellent hey. job. Great, great work. Thank you. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Awesome. Okay. There you go. Okay. So, see, Joshua and Caleb. The other 10, eh, not so good. Just remember that. All right. So now, understanding sanctification, understanding justification, sanctification, glorification. You, when you became a Christian, you said yes to Jesus, right? It's not that all your sins were wiped out to that moment that you said yes. Your sins were wiped out. But as you're growing and developing, you find out the Lord brings other things to your attention that need help. And that's a, a lot of that has to do with James, where it says, pray for one another, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that they may be healed. Because continuing sin in our lives, though it might not alter our projection or our, our trajectory towards eternity, it's certainly messing up life. 
So in this Second Chronicles passage, you get the connection to 1 John 1, 9 and several other passages that talk about redemption and, and repentance and so on. So listen to this in Second Chronicles 6, 24, 25. If your people Israel are defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, Lord, and they return to you and praise your name, and they pray and plead for mercy— before you in this temple, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people. May you restore them to the land you gave them and their ancestors. So the, the passage has to do, this is the Chronicles passage, has to do with the prayer that Solomon is praying for the people as they're viewing uh, to uh, to go forward is they're viewing the, the whole process of moving forward in the Lord. They mess up, right? Ever, have you ever messed up? And they, and Solomon's saying, if they pray towards this temple, have mercy. Just have mercy on them. If they confess it, if they praise your name, if they plead for mercy, if they're seeking your help, Lord, help them, help them, help them, help them, help them. So what Israel, what, he, what Solomon's doing is preparing, because he, he probably knows Israel pretty well. He was, at that point, the wisest man in the world. And so he's like, uh, because of their current and constant interaction and their familiarity with sin, it's like when they mess up and they come before you, when they praise your name and plead for mercy and they return, then hear them and have mercy on them and forgive them and heal them and restore them. That, that, my friends is the key. Okay? Listen to this. When you and I do something wrong, listen to me. When we do something wrong before the Lord, we need to come before the Lord without trying to justify, and that's the worst thing you can do is to try to justify your sin. Exactly what Saul did. Stupid idea. When you when the Lord challenges you and you're doing something wrong, it's minute or major, Acknowledge it and own it, as we used to say lovingly in regards to King David and King Saul, eat the humble pie and eat it quickly so that you can move on to the restoration process and not just sit there and chew on a bunch of rocks. In other words, say, you know what? I did it wrong. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. That's the that's the return. The acknowledgement, the praise is, look, uh, you are you're the king of all of my life. You're, you're, you're the, the boss. You're my God. You're my life. You're my breath. And I'm asking you not to be mad at me and to turn your anger away from me. David, in my, my, one of my favorite lines that I quote to the Lord, is please don't chasten me in your hot displeasure. In other words, when I do something stupid, don't let that not be the moment you decide, well, now I'm going to chasten him. <laughs> Wait about five minutes. <laughs> It's like, and then, you know, you plead for the, the mercy of God. And then there's this promise of restoration. And I want you to, so we'll go through it again. I want you to hear, if your people Israel are defeated by an enemy because they've sinned against you and they return and praise your name and pray and plead for mercy in this temple, hear them and forgive them and restore them. That's what you're looking for. When we do something wrong and we're suffering a defeat, whether it's a moral sin uh, in the sense of a morality sin or whether it's something that we're weak in or just not doing well, maybe we're not holding faith well. 
maybe we're holding faith right up until the moment that we see the wind and the waves or we see hear the wind and see the waves and start freaking out. Maybe we need help. Just come before the Lord, return to the Lord, acknowledge him, plead for his mercy, and say, I need your help. And he'll restore us. Here's the thing about that. Uh, restoration should is something that God promises. But you have to come to him. You have to repent. You have to turn. You have to call upon his name. You have to seek him. And you know whether you're doing that or not. I don't know. Nobody knows. Your spouse doesn't know. Your family doesn't know. Your parents don't know. Your children don't know. Your sibling doesn't know. Your, your twin doesn't know. Only you know if you're coming before the Lord sincerely and going, I need help. And when you do that, when you acknowledge him, when you turn to the Lord, you acknowledge him by giving him praise and thanks and seek his mercy, he promises to restore you. That's his commitment to you. That's his faithfulness to you. You want to know why it says in 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins, because uh, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That faithful line, what does that mean? That means that God is faithful to forgive you as he promised he would throughout his entire word if you turn your heart to him. He'll forgive you, and he'll restore you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So when you find out you're getting defeated in something or you're, you're really kind of blowing it, return praise his name, plead for his mercy. He will hear and forgive you, and he will restore you because he loves you. That's why. Not because you're brilliant, but because he's merciful. Okay? All right. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Just as I am the views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.